This is Crowcasts, the podcast from Crow in the UK, a leading audit, tax, advisory and risk firm with global reach and local expertise. In our podcasts, you will hear from our specialists offering insight and pragmatic advice to businesses of all sizes, professional practices, non-profit organisations, pension funds and private clients. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Crowcasts. This week we are joined by Jeremy Cooper from our Thames Valley office. Jeremy is both a partner and head of retail here at Crow. So thank you ever so much for joining us today, Jeremy. It's my pleasure. It's good to be able to talk to you about one of the most vibrant and indeed important sectors to the UK economy. And I am looking forward to discussing it with you. So let's get started. The the retail sector, it has undoubtedly been one of the most affected by the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. But interestingly, I would say, and you might agree, it's been one of almost two sides here with this surge in online shopping, uh, large growth for big online players. But then when you look at the other side, we see a massive decline in sales on the high street. The government has, of course, recently announced a new package of support for UK businesses in the shape of the Job Support Scheme, or JSS. However, this has been met with disappointment from the retail sector, as it was made clear that this scheme is designed to protect uh, what they're calling viable jobs in businesses facing low demand over the winter months due to COVID, um, in the hope that it will keep their uh, employees attached to the workforce. Now, you were actually recently quoted in the press, Jeremy, uh, saying that uh, this is not going to be popular with retailers who are facing a structural change in the sector, meaning that the high street is likely likely to see major job losses of frontline and customer facing roles. So can you elaborate on this? Um, What other changes have you seen affecting retail over the past six months as a result of COVID? You're absolutely right here. Um, Retail, along with hospitality and leisure, have been hugely affected by the ongoing coronavirus pandemic globally, not just here in the UK. In Britain, with the lockdown experience from late March until stores reopened in June, many retailers saw a massive fall in their revenue due to the closure of their stores. Let us not forget, though, what support they've had so far. Rates relief for the whole of 2020-21, grants from local councils, C-bills and bounce-back loans, as well as the much-heralded coronavirus job retention scheme, which has been a massive boon for the for the retail sector. Many a retailer has actually said to me that, you know, if it wasn't for the government support over that period, they would simply still not be in business. And it's a massive credit to the government that these schemes were put in place so quickly, which allowed retailers to continue trading, buying them some time to get through such a seismic dropping in their, in their revenue. Jobs were undoubtedly saved as a result of the government's actions here in the UK and the speed of their response. Yes, there were some high profile failures, but there could have been so many more. Sadly, I'm not convinced that the new job support scheme will safeguard too many retail jobs. Paying an employee 55% of their salary, plus their pension and employer's national insurance on top, for them to only work a third of their hours is unlikely to be attractive to cash-strapped retailers. And we shouldn't forget 
that one and a quarter million employees in retail at the end of March had been in employment for less than two years. That means that it's actually relatively easy for retailers to terminate the employment for these people. And, and who can blame retailers doing that when they're having to slash their costs because their revenue has fallen so dramatically? Of course, when stores started reopening, retailers had to adapt their physical stores to the new COVID safe environment, incurring additional costs and at the same time often experiencing reduced footfall, particularly in city centre stores, as the public prefers to stay away from large urban centres. Indeed, it seems some interesting results in terms of store performance. Smaller stores in rural market towns have not been affected as greatly as the city centre stores, reversing a trend we've seen over the last 30 or so years of moving away from the smaller market town shops to larger purpose-built shopping centres. But inevitably, there have been winners in retail as well. Certain subsectors have actually seen an uptick in sales, particularly grocery and home improvement stores, as the population buys more groceries to cook at home and takes advantage of being furloughed to undertake some of those DIY projects that we all never seem to have enough time to get done. There has also been winners across channels. Whilst physical non-food stores were generally closed, retailers with an online presence have seen a significant increase in online sales, often 500 plus percent increases in their online revenue. Inevitably, this has led to challenges for retailers as they need to adapt and increase their fulfillment capacity to meet this additional demand. Some retailers have been better at this than others. And, in, and again, inevitably, with the world facing the second surge in the pandemic, the retailers who will survive, and in certain cases, maybe actually prosper, we those that have got to grips with the rise in online sales and the many logistical challenges it brings. So to me, it wasn't really surprising to see that it's the larger retailers who have benefited most from the seismic shift to online sales. The recent Office of National Statistics figures show that five times more of the larger retailers have seen increases in non-store sales than seeing decreases. This compares to a roughly equal split for smaller retailers. Clearly, the surge in online has benefited the larger retailers who generally have had a more sophisticated online presence and the fulfillment operations with the ability to expand capacity quickly. Overall, though, non-store retailing has grown for twice as many retailers than it has decreased. The strong growth experienced over the pandemic has meant that non-store sales to August 2020 were still nearly 47% higher than February's pre-pandemic levels. For certain sectors, online sales have been up to 80 to 90% higher. You mentioned there this huge surge of online shopping, quite a, I suppose, shocking statistic, actually, a 500% increase in revenue for some online businesses. So I have um, a two part question for you here, actually, if that's OK. Um, first part is, do you see this remaining the same? Do you see it declining or do you actually see it increasing as we move into the new year? And the second part is that I have to mention it, unfortunately, but we are, of course, less than 100 days till Christmas. So do you see most of this sort of Christmas shopping being done online now? And actually, how do you think retail will be affected over the festive period? That's a very good question. 
As I mentioned earlier, there's been a huge surge in online shopping and the, and the great unknown is whether or not this will continue once we eventually return to a more normal life in the post-pandemic era. The latest ONS data shows that non-store retail sales fell in August by 2.5% as shops have reopened and we've all experienced greater freedom after the first lockdown. However, we have still seen a massive increase in online and my own view is that now many more people have experienced online shopping for items that they wouldn't normally have shopped for online, then a large percentage will continue to enjoy the convenience of not having to traipse around the high street. This will only remain so though if retailers get the fulfillment part of the online equation right and there is sufficient logistics capacity to cope with this increased demand. Which brings me on to the next point, Christmas 2020. Again, I believe the switch to online has just been speeded up by the pandemic and will continue, especially given that we are now seeing a second spike in cases in the UK. The big unknown, though, is the capacity within the logistics firms to deliver Christmas 2020, especially if consumers wait till Black Friday hoping for bargains. What worries me here is that there will be many disappointed parents and children when deliveries are delayed. As a parent, I certainly will not be leaving Christmas shopping until December. It's interesting you spoke there about fulfillment centres and uh, these logistical issues that potentially could happen. Um, a lot of this, I, I would only assume, it will be affected by staff and staffing levels, um, which actually leads me nicely onto my next question. We unfortunately can't talk about retail and we definitely can't speak about the impact on the UK economy without mentioning the B word, uh, which, of course, is Brexit. Now, from the 1st of January, under the new Brexit rules, we'll be moving to a points based system for people wanting to live and work in the UK. So in your opinion, how much impact do you see this having on the UK retail industry? Yes, Brexit. It's, it's, it's really funny to be talking retail in October 2020, less than three months prior to the end of the transition period. And the biggest issue for retailers is not Brexit. Um, of course, as we sit here today, we've no idea whether or not the UK and the EU will actually hammer out a last minute deal or if we will end up trading with the EU on World Trade Organization terms. So this has made planning for the supply side of retail businesses challenging. The one thing businesses want is certainty, and we're less than three months to go. The only certainty is that the post-transition world is uncertain. Whatever happens, retailers will adapt, as they always do, to obtain the goods they need to continue serving their customers. Some will stock up ahead of 1st of January, and others have been reviewing their supply chains, as we have been advocating, to ensure that they still have inventory to sell. What is probably more worrying for retailers, though, is, is this move to a points-based immigration system. I do think, short term, there's going to be sufficient capacity within the um, employment market for retailers to find the employees that they need in a post-pandemic world. However, longer term, I think there is an issue here. So wholesale and retail accounts for around 10% of the GDP of the UK and employs around 4 million people. Many of these employees earn at or close to the minimum wage 
And the sector has relied on the steady flow of immigration, particularly from the eastern EU countries, as has the hospitality and leisure industry as well. With the points-based immigration system, we expect to see a, a significant fall in the number of potential retail employees, which may well have an impact on wage costs for retailers. It may be that through higher unemployment since lockdown, the effects of the reduced immigration may take a few years to materialise into higher wages, but eventually I would expect Brexit to lead to increases in pay for shop floor retail employees. Well, thank you so much for all this great insight here today, Jeremy. Um, I definitely feel this is going to be um, of much use to our listeners. And in fact, to summarise, as we are now coming to the end of uh, today's Crowcast, um, for anyone listening from the retail sector or trying to survive the winter months and future-proof their business, what advice would you want to leave them with today? I think the key here for retailers, as ever, is to adapt their business model to an increasingly digitalised world. Bricks and mortar retail will still exist in a post-pandemic world, but retail will continue the drive to omnichannel. It is therefore imperative that you don't just survive, but think strategically about your business and adapt it to the ever-changing environment we now find ourselves in. But remember, customers will still buy goods. And if you deliver what the customer wants, how they want it delivered and at the right price point, then you have the makings of a sound retail business. Once again, some great advice there from you, Jeremy. Really appreciate it. And all that's left for me to do is to thank you for taking the time to join us today. Not at all. Thank you for listening. And thank you to everybody that is tuned in to this latest episode. We really do hope you found it informative. And of course, please do join us again next week for another Crowcast. Tune in next time for another episode of Crowcasts. For more information about Crow, our services, industries we advise and insights, visit crow.co.uk. We are an independent member of Crow Global, the eighth largest accounting network in the world. You can connect with us on social media by following Crow UK on LinkedIn or at Crow UK on Twitter.